Great show today. It's Lake of the Weekday. But first, a first-time guest, John Hoyer, the current and a two-time National Walleye Tour champion. It's all coming up. in the sand, pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man, but the wife, she just don't understand, I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass, and if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back, cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me, and when I'm fishing, for Bunyan Country. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. John Hoyer, my guest. First time we've had John on the show. Great angler in the walleye world. Has won the National Walleye Tour Championship twice, including this past year. And he's been out catching fish this spring. John, thanks for stopping by. Uh, anytime. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, you got your name from the guys at Northland, good friends of mine. You said you were, uh, you were a, a, an ace to talk to, so uh, here we go. I know that uh, you just got off the water, so... How's it been out there? Well, it was Lake Malak, so it's always fun. Um, I think today, you know, we actually didn't catch that many fish, but it was one of those days where you're just kind of, you know, purposely exploring or trying to catch them on a different lure. So, you know, 30 walleyes is a bad day on Lake Malak, and that's probably about what we had today. Okay. Um, so it's a couple weeks of fishing so far. Where all have you been? Um, I started on Leech Lake for two days in that beautiful snowstorm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I, um, then I fished Malax on Monday for about a half day. Uh, and then I actually went with a few, a couple of friends down to Nebraska muskie fishing for three days. Okay. And then came right back and I've fished Malax the last three days. Okay. Well, John, I know you're involved in the fishing industry on a number of bases, uh, including a little bit of guiding, uh, which finally is open. And let's get your thoughts as a guy who's in the midst of this, uh, what what it's been like for guys uh, in the fishing industry during COVID and before that a really lousy winter. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of friends that are full-time guides, you know, especially over in, like, the, the Michigan area. And, you know, they were completely shut down right at the heart of their, you know, like Detroit River walleye run. So, you know, talking to my friends there, my heart really went out to them. Um, you know, luckily for me, the guiding part isn't the um, majority of my income. So, but, you know, I could definitely feel for my friends that, you know, are such hard workers and they've worked so hard to get a full book of guide work. And then two months of it's erased right off the top, you know, to start the year. So, um, it hasn't really affected me. I do mostly musky guiding, um, you know, when the season starts. And um, so that part hasn't affected me. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see that, you know, our state's one of the states that is thinking on a realist level here and understanding that, you know, being in contact with three or four people, it, the odds just aren't going to be that, you know, that's how COVID gets spread, you know, versus big gatherings of people. So I'm happy that our governor has uh, chosen to open that up. Yeah, and, and again, it's it's a weird w- world. We're all trying to live and work our way through it. I am with you. I, I feel good for our guides that are getting things to, to go. Uh, still the guys with the big boats, uh, and they can get lots of people out of the charter boats. They can't really do that yet, but at least we're moving in the right direction. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, John, talk a little bit about uh, who you are, how you got involved in the fishing business, and, uh, yeah, just give us your, your story. Well, I was born in Brainerd, Minnesota, so that um, I, I like to joke and say I have a little bit of that walleye gene in me, you know, <laughs> that all those Brainerd folks have in the, you know, Bemidji, Brainerd area, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess, uh, long story short, you know, my dad taught me Lindy rigging from a, a guy named Ray Bema, who was an old guide in Brainerd. And, um, you know, so my dad taught me the finer parts of walleye fishing and how they're picky eaters and everything. And I really found myself in, like, the last, I don't know, 10 years of my life to, to really try to break that that false that falseness of walleyes being picky eaters, you know. So um, that's kind of my M.O. I really try to use... Uh, artificial baits like almost 100% of the time and really work them aggressively and just always try to like figure out a way to make walleyes more aggressive and to bite bigger lures or faster moving stuff and um, finally all my work and everything came correct for me last year on the national walleye tour Um, I guess it was my fourth year on the pro side and I I finally won my first tournament at Green Bay and then um, later on I uh, I took second in the following turn, and then I ended up winning the championship also. So uh, the year of all years, and it just happened to be the year that I said I was going to do fishing full-time. So um, my dad's a Lutheran pastor, and he's really taught me to appreciate, you know, all the blessings that we've been given in life. And, I mean, last year is just a blur to me, but it's it's pretty easy to look back and, and think about how, that was all, you know, divine intervention. So, um, yeah, it was cloud nine for sure. But, you know, now this year, uh, just trying to win every tournament this year. So, uh, obviously that's unattainable goal, but it's really kind of a fun feeling to, you know, go into a tournament now and have that confidence knowing that I can do it. And it really changes the way that a person fishes, especially in a tournament. So I don't know if that's if that's fair. You know, Lutheran Pass, you got an inside track uh, to the you know miracle of a couple of fish turning into many. Uh, you know, that doesn't seem fair to me. I agree, and <laughs> it is what it is. Like I feel like other pastors' kids could get into the National Walleye Tour. They have that opportunity, so like I can sleep at night. But I completely agree because. You know, when I talk to my dad and he asks how practice is going, I might tell him I'm really excited or partially. I'm just looking for five bites. And then, you know, it's basically like I don't have to say anything. I know he's just simply praying for five bites then. So, yes, I think it is an unfair advantage. (laughs) Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, 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 how you went from just growing up fishing to getting into the biz. Um, was it just something you, you, you jumped into right away, um, or was it, a, was it a process? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always loved fishing. You know, my, my parents told me I was they are always peeling me off the dock, you know, um, at the, my cousin's cabin or whenever we went fishing, you know, fishing till sunset. So, um, you know, other than that, I don't know. I, I've always just enjoyed just simple hard work, like blue-collar work. I was a union carpenter for 20 years, and... You know, that was eight hours a day and then go fishing for six hours, like, almost every night. And um, that the, really the drive really kicked into overdrive when I started musky fishing. And I guess that would be the first time that I could say, you know, I was generating money through fishing um, is when I started part-time guiding for muskies. So, um, you know, I guess 15 years later, you know, I still guide for muskies, like I said earlier, and, 
you know, I started fishing the National Walleye Tour as a co-angler for two years. Had crazy success in that, which is a really divine intervention because you get paired randomly. Um, but what it did is it enabled me to have confidence that, you know, I could hang with, you know, some of these pros I was fishing with, I knew some were way above me, but I wanted to jump in feet first and, uh, you know, start fishing the pro side. And um, when I made that decision, I didn't cash a check for my first year, but it didn't really bother me. I knew this is right where I wanted to be with that pressure and, uh, you know, being on that big stage. And I, I just really enjoy the competition that is, you know, tournament fishing. And, of course, you go and win it all last year. But this year, I uh, just had Chip Lear on the other day, and, and uh, it's going to be tough to get a National Walleye Tour season in this year, it looks like. Yeah, it really is. And, um, you know, behind the scenes, we've been talking to some of the tournament director and everything, and they're trying their hardest to, to actually still get us four tournaments um, into even October. So they've been working really hard. It's obviously tough to all of a sudden get, you know, cities, that, uh, towns that want us to be there when they've already had things scheduled and their schedules have changed and there's permits. Um, but I appreciate the effort they're making. And obviously, um, you know, we have two tournaments for sure on the schedule, um, Green Bay and Sakakawea, which is supposed to be our third and final tournament. So, um, you know, if we only have to fish two, uh, obviously none of us can complain with like what you said earlier, the, the world that we're living in right now, you know, everything's changing. So, um, if we get two, I'll be happy enough with that. And if we fish four, you know, that would be amazing. And obviously, you know, there, there may be adjustments made and I think everybody's going to have to be flexible and, and be willing to be flexible if they want to do some tournament fishing. Yeah. And rightfully so, you know, I think that that's kind of the, standard thing if we've learned anything from COVID is, you know, really it's kind of just everybody does their own part, you know, everybody's staying safe, you know, washing your hands, stuff like that, and, you know, that's the impression that obviously the National Wally Tour and any business that's involved in entertainment is going to have to set going forward, and rightfully so. So, um, you know, I think in a fishing tournament format, you know, whether the rules meeting changes a little bit, if it's just you know, via text or uh, over Facebook Messenger or whatever, you know, all these uh, companies are going to do to make those changes. Um, I think in reality, you know, even if it is we're social distancing at a weigh-in, you know, we can still have that event effectively in my mind. Much more with current National Walleye Tour champion John Hoyer. Plus, it's Lake of the Weekday. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. It's Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. We're celebrating our 30th year. John Hoyer is on the show for the first time ever. Two-time champion of the National Walleye Tour, including the current champion. And, John, you were talking about uh, your goal of proving that walleyes are aggressive eaters. Uh, tell me some of the things you like to do uh, to make that to make them a little more aggressive and, and, uh, and what you've uh, mastered over the years. Um, I mean, really, some of the stuff is even new as of last year, but it's really just a lot of a lot of lures that are doing you know the same types of things. They're they're really just moving faster. Um, but so, like for instance, a jig and a paddle tail. Um, when I took second at Sault Ste. Marie, um, I was throwing a, a three quarter ounce jig head with a four and a half inch paddle tail right into the thickest cabbage ever. I mean, same stuff that grows like on on Bemidji on Leech Lake in the summertime. And, you know, those are tough fish to get out of there. 
um, you're really kind of limited to, you know, you're not going to waste a shiner minnow throwing it in there. So you got to fish an artificial. A crankbait follows up, but I was literally ripping it so hard I was clearing the cabbage and then just letting the bait fall, you know, back down to the bottom. And it's part reaction bite. It's actually something we do for musky fishing. But, um, you know, it's a reaction bite where that bait blasts through the cabbage and then falls really fast, which in my mind is almost like a fleeing perch. And for whatever reason, it really triggers like a predatory response from a walleye. And the bites are just thunderous, and they have these big swim baits, you know, way in the back of their throat. So um, stuff like that, that really kind of, um, I started thinking that way after I realized what the triggering characteristics of, say, like a jig wrap was or a shiver minnow that dies even faster. And then just kind of taking that, um, you know, to how I present other baits, you know, like a rattle bait, a rip and wrap, or, you know, overweighting that paddle tail, just all those baits, you know, just letting them move faster, letting them fall faster, and not just slow rolling something, because really walleyes are really intuitive, we all know that they have really good vision, so when you speed things up and you force them to make a decision versus, like, being able to inspect your artificial bait, um, that's where artificials can outperform uh, live bait and once you start moving stuff like that and you get that predator predatory response out of them like i've had many a days on the lack especially in the last few years where it's like there's no way you could outfish this presentation with live bait right now there isn't a live bait that would do it so uh, that's just kind of the basis of it but um, it's a really fun learning curve and i push a lot of friends and people on instagram that follow me to just go and try it and it's it's crazy how many messages I get back just saying, like, wow, thank you. I tried it. You're right. It works. And it's like, yes, it does. Like, enjoy. This is awesome. It's so fun to, uh, you know, put walleyes up on this pedestal. And they are, like, one of the best predators in the lake. They have a lot of similar characteristics to muskies. Okay, I've never heard that before. I've talked to a lot of muskie anglers. I've never heard that comparison. That's That's a unique perspective. Yeah, I mean... Really, it comes down to the bite, like how a pike will, like, slack you up and run through and waste a lot of energy. I, I kind of hate pike, secretively. <laughs> my friends know I do. They've all stole my lures, and they weren't muskies on all my musky baits. But, you know, the way that they run through a bait when they bite, where, like, a walleye and a musky bite the same way, they stop dead with, like, the most, like, the smallest amount of effort or energy used, and it's that thump, you know, that kick on your jig. So, um yeah, I mean, and then throwing their eyesight at low light, I mean, they're awesome predators, and this stuff is just unfolding to me. I mean, every time I'm on the water, I feel like I learn something new or, you know, push the envelope even faster and bigger, and um, it really, like, the last three years have been probably the most gratifying fishing of my life, and, um, you know, I've musky fished a lot. I've caught a lot of muskies, and that's amazing, but, like, to start seeing these similarities with the way I walleye fish is really... Um, an exciting thing for me and now to have success doing it on the biggest stage of walleye fishing um it really speaks for the walleyes you know i've just been lucky enough to to experiment with some of these presentations you know you're uh, kind of unusual in that uh, most of the musky guys i know they're musky guys that's it that's all they do and uh, they might mess around with walleyes for a couple of weeks until the musky season opens but then that's it uh i've never you know you're passionate about both of these species yeah, for sure. And I mean, with an asterisk, I mean, when you're catching walleyes that are, you know, on a national walleye tour, you're fishing for a, a new ranger boat, you know, that excitement rivals a muskie and a figure eight. Um, I think I'll still say that 
figurating a muskie in a muskie tournament, like it's, I don't think anything will ever be that exciting, the rush of that. But, you know, really when it comes down to it, I've fished so much in my life. I'm finally realizing that saying about people finally realizing it's, it's not the fish they're fishing for. It's really just the anticipation of figuring a bite out, going to a new body of water, seeing if this thing you're thinking about, this presentation you're thinking about works. And that's really what drives me is just simply that anticipation, you know, regardless of if it's bluegills, crappies, perch, walleyes, muskies. So uh, I really just like fishing uh, when it comes down to it. <laughs> you were uh, talking about some of your rain lakes, Leech, Vermilion, Malax, Minnetonka, muskies and all of them. Uh, what's your favorite muskie lake? Um, Man, the last three or four years, I definitely have to say Leech. It's kind of our... Our shining star of Minnesota, pure natural reproduction, and there's a lot of muskies in leech right now. I mean, there's a lot of everything in leech. And, um, you know, overall, I, I would definitely say vermilion. Um, and it's kind of more of the scenery, and there's a lot of big muskies. But, you know, our populations are definitely hurting in the lakes that the DNR have cut back some of the stocking on. So, I mean, for bang for your buck, I would say leech, you know, right now is definitely my favorite. Leech is definitely in a sweet spot right now. They've got a ton of fish, as you noted. They've got a lot of different year classes, which is really nice. And uh, they're also having a, a, a stretch of time when they've got a lot of 50-plus-inch fish in it. Uh, you know, I, um, it's it's a good time to be fishing muskies on leech, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. Well, John, um, if people want to find out what you're up to, if they want to learn more about you, want to learn uh, some of the things that that you do on, on the water, uh, how, how can they follow you and, and uh, keep up with you? Um, uh, Instagram is by far my number one thing I do on social media. I do a lot on the little, like, story portion of it and, like, show the baits I'm catching fish on, laugh with my friends. Uh, so it's John Hoyer Fish on Instagram, and then Facebook is Hoyer Fishing. Okay, Hoyer Fishing on Facebook, John Hoyer Fish on Instagram. Yep. Are you booked up for the summer, or are you uh, have a guide uh, opening or two for somebody who might want to do some some fishing with you? Um. Yeah, you can contact me. I really, um, uh, I definitely, my schedule for tournaments is so full that um, I do little stints of guiding here and there. Um, but if you want to just message me on Facebook or Instagram, that's the best way, or... Um, you can email me, john at hoyerfishing.com. All right, john at hoyerfishing.com. John Hoyer, the uh, the reigning National Walleye Tour champion, joining us today on Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, John, it was great talking to you. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I look forward to the next time we can talk. And there will definitely be a next time. Up next, the Lake of the Week. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. It's Lake of the Weekday. We're checking in with Andy Thompson, the acting area fishery supervisor out of the Bemidji office. Andy, once again, thanks for taking some time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. This lake is not a secret to anybody. Lake Irving, of course, uh, the the inlet takes you right from Lake Bemidji to Lake Irving. Uh, it gets a lot of pressure, particularly early in the season for walleye. But as an extension of Bemidji to some degree, 
uh, a lot of species and a lot of uh, fish in that lake. Yeah, that's that's really how I kind of think of it. Is it's almost like a bay of Lake Bemidji. It's it's uh, very closely connected, easily navigable between the two, and it it warms up earlier in the spring. It's it's fairly shallow, and it warms up quick, and it also freezes uh, earlier in the in the winter and attracts some some early ice anglers. Again, uh, the fish go back and forth. There's, there's a lot of the same species there. Is there anything about um, Irving that uh, gives it any any variety that's a little different from Bemidji? Yeah, you know, it's uh, with a maximum depth of only 19 feet, and it's uh, it's a good-sized lake, really. It's over 600 acres, um, you know, very small compared to Lake Bemidji, but it's shallow and it has a lot of vegetation, and that makes it a little more suitable for some of the panfish and and bass um, compared to Lake Bemidji. So it's got some bluegills and some crappies and some largemouth bass, fairly low-density populations, but they they really grow well in there, and there's some nice-sized fish of, of all those species. Well, and you don't you don't hear a lot about crappies or bluegills or bass in Lake Bemidji. That's for certain. But uh, yeah, you we know if we were watching the uh, the College Bassmasters Championship we had here a couple of years ago, you know there are some bass certainly in Lake Irving because that's where the champions found them. Yeah, that's right. They did well in there, and they uh, they managed to. To keep that a secret, I think, too. <laughs> they did a really good job, yes. Um, plenty of northerns in there as well, and and just like Lake Bemidji, just a, a lot of walleyes in there. Yeah, the walleye catch has been really good in there our last couple of surveys. And, uh, you know, I think it can just depend a little bit on on uh, on how the fish are moving and where they're, where they're hanging out. You know, those fish are, if they're not... In, in Irving, they're going to be in Bemidji, and uh, it seems like we've had good catch rates for, in both lakes uh, the last couple survey rounds. Well, certainly Irving's got plenty of houses around it. It's not a, a secret lake or hidden away or anything, and it gets plenty of pressure. But I've noticed, you know, anecdotally anyway, that Irving seems to be the better lake for opening weekend, and then by the time you're into early June, then Bemidji seems to wake up more. Yeah, that's right, and I think you know a, a lot of that has to do with the the walleye spawn, this and some seasonal movements. You know, a lot of fish move up, and they'll spawn right in the river between the two lakes, but they'll also move through through Lake Irving and and travel on up the Mississippi and up up the Schoolcraft. Uh, they a lot some of those fish will go a long ways. So when the season opens, shortly after the spawning run is over there's still fish um that are up in in irving okay um nice lake i i always i always enjoy irving and again uh lots of good fish to catch um how does it do uh, as far as ice fishing goes it's, it's really known as a kind of an early season early ice lake it it does freeze up sooner um, because it's it's shallow it cools off faster and um it it attracts people because it's so close, and you can see it. You can see, you know when it freezes. Um, people will walk out there initially and start fishing, and I think they do pretty well early in the season for mainly for walleye and perch. But uh, you know, there might be a few people even finding some of those panfish out there early ice. 
Well, we know we've got zebra mussels in Bemidji. Do we do we have them in Irving yet? And if not, I'm assuming it's only a matter of time. Right. Um, they haven't been documented in Irving yet, but with boat traffic going back and forth between the, the t- two lakes, it is just a matter of time before uh, you know boats will move them up into there. Now, Bemidji has typically been a fairly you know, a clean water lake anyway, not a lot of stained uh, water uh, in Bemidji. Uh, is Irving the same, I, I would assume? Yeah, um, not not from a stain. It's a, you know, they're clear water type of lakes, but they do green up pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, Irving is actually on the impaired waters list, uh, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency's impaired water list. And uh, it's just due to nutrient enrichment, um, a lot of which is, natural it's you know it's kind of a nutrient sink as as a lot of the nutrients accumulate in the mississippi river uh when they finally end up in in lake irving but you know some of it's related to being a, a lake in town uh with runoff you know f- from yards and streets and um, and of course you know we have our our sewage treatment plant that uh resides right in between irving and bemidji as well now, certainly, uh, there's a number of public accesses on Lake Bemidji, and you can easily get from Bemidji into Irving, no problem there. But I think there is actually an access on Irving as well, correct? There is. There, it's right next to the sewage treatment plant. Uh, if you find your way back in there, um, there's a there's quite a bit of room for parking and a, and a good uh, double boat ramp that will uh, launch right on the north side of Irving. Do you, uh, I mean, when you're stocking and or uh, whatever species, or if you are, I know they don't do a lot of it on Bemidji or anything, you don't do anything different for Irving than you're doing for Bemidji, do you? No. Um, the the only stocking that occurs is really, uh, well, for walleye, it's, it's some fry go into plantain every other year, plantagenet, okay. which is connected um, quite a ways upstream. And then it's musky fingerling stocking in both Bemidji and Plantagenet. So yeah, there's not a lot of stocking in the system considering uh, how many acres of water we've got in, in this whole Mississippi chain around Bemidji. Okay. It is Lake Irving, our Lake of the Week. It's uh, Bemidji's little sister, if you will, but a really nice lake, Andy, in its own right. Yeah, that's right. It offers some pretty good fishing right here in town. All right, Andy Thompson is the Acting Area Fishery Supervisor out of the Bemidji office. Andy, thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you. F-I-S-H-I-I-N for Bunyan Country.